Oh, Jack, here we are. It's been a long weekend for Magic fans, I think. As Jack grins and nods and <laughs> shakes his head now. <laughs> but it is what it is. I've been in the same boat. And uh, best thing to do to move on is to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do today. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Oh, Jack, I'm sure it's been a... Uh, it's been a weekend of recollection for you on what has transpired over the last few months for the Magic. Yeah, um, I, I did kind of put off watching the video for as long as possible, but I had to I had to watch it to prepare for this podcast. Got to come prepped as any professional would. That's uh, right. It was difficult to watch. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, I had uh, my mom telling me that she read the Instagram comments, oh, and some of them were pretty nasty. I stayed away from those, uh, just trying to you know get my own reflection and perspective watching before I kind of take a peek at those. Mm-hmm. Um, let the dust settle a little bit more. Yeah, we got to let the dust settle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unfortunately, you know, the obvious thing is it's the first year our franchise has failed to make the playoffs. Um, it is true. So I guess you could say our magic ran out this year a little it, bit. It did. Um, and there, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that that need to improve. Um, mm-hmm. We need hitters. Uh, we need pitchers. <laughs> we need defense. Uh, we need energy. We need enthusiasm. Kind of just all. We need some more competitiveness. You know, mm-hmm. uh, out of the magic. I. I've brought it up a few times on our series that we've discussed the magic, but um, and I don't want to put too much weight on this, but I, I do think that me not being around the whole summer, not being able to you know hold some practices with the guys, mm-hmm. um, definitely played a factor because really every other team each year is putting more and more work into mm-hmm. it on an individual level, but also a team level. Mm-hmm. And um, our team just didn't really have that, I think, this summer because I, it's just how it worked out. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. able to be there for everything. I was there as much as I could, but that's kind of just life. So mm-hmm. um, it was tough to watch. I mean, they're the Wildcats are obviously a solid team. They did what the Wildcats do. Mm-hmm. They hit the crap out of the ball. They, they were overdue. Um, they were overdue. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Tom? <laughs> that was a good. That was a good little monologue, getting some stuff off your chest. But um, no, I, I think first of all, Jack, I do want to give you some credit for for sticking it out and for you did come to that series. You flew all the way out um, from Rhode Island to play in that series and, and to fight, keep the magic alive. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is the first time the Magic have missed the postseason. So give credit where credit's due. You've done a good job of managing the squad and and winning those games when you need to. But unfortunately, this year, I think just you guys just. You yep. didn't quite have that, that dog in you that, to get those extra wins that you needed. And um, this will be the first season the Magic missed the postseason. So when looking at it from afar, I feel like um, I, I do relate to it, right? Last year I was on this yeah. podcast to just like watching my videos back like, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about this because it sucks. You know what I mean? When you're going out there and you're really trying and like people are watching and commenting from home about their thoughts and how you suck and all this kind of stuff, like it definitely doesn't feel good. No. I'm not saying it bothered me a ton, but like, you know, you want to go out there and win. It's more fun when you win, like anything. And um, the stuff that comes with losing from an online audience is never, <laughs> is, yeah, is never something fun. Especially like we said, when your mom is reading the comments. Like last year, I'd have my, <laughs> my cousins like sending me screenshots. Like we laugh about it, of course, but like I'd have my cousins and friends from high school and college like sending me comment, like funny comments about myself or my team. Like 
does it really hurt on a deep level? No, but it mm-hmm. is like annoying. Like, of course you want to yeah. win because it's cool when you win. People get excited. It's nicer to see nice comments and not 100%. nasty ones. Well, it's funny how fast they switch up on you. Right. Jack, let me tell you, I've seen that this year. But um, anyway, when I look at the Magic and I look at this season, um, like Jack said, not not a whole lot went right, unfortunately. But I thought you guys did fight harder earlier in the year. You guys went toe to toe with the Cobras, a pretty good Cobras team. Um, and in your first series of the year against the Eagles, you also fought hard. Bottom was still pitching really well, and there was still a lot of life, mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of gas in the Magic fuel take. I think for, with the hopes and dreams of making it back to the CS or farther. So this was the first series, really, even not so much against the Preds, but this was the first series, really, where I think it all just kind of caught up to you guys, like mm-hmm. you said, you not being here, um, just the, the low batting averages and the frustration of that over time, and, and not getting hits and home runs and that kind of stuff. Um, like Bonham pitching so well all year long, and even Chadwick doing his best. Like, you can only do that for so long with no run support without something giving. You know what I mean? Right. So I think the frustration finally caught up to you guys as a squad, and um, it was a uh, a pretty lopsided series to say the least. I remember um, I checked in with Kyle on like Wednesday or Thursday of last week um, as we were getting ready for the tournament, and I was like in his driveway scuffing up balls for the tournament in Peoria, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I was like, how's the video going? And he's like, it's going good. Like, I'm almost done. And he goes, it was not competitive, dude. (laughs) That's what I know. Like, when he says that, I'm like, because you forget. Like, we played a couple weeks ago. And that day was a whirlwind because we also filmed that Whistle video um, for Whistle Mm -hmm. Sports. So, like, that was a long day because we did that interview before the series at, like, 9 a.m. And then the series started at 3 o'clock. So, we had, like, two hours of interviews, two hours of setup, three hours of gameplay, an hour of takedown. Like, it was a long day. So, I forgot that it did get pretty ugly. Got out of hand. To say the least. Yeah. but, and we never wanted we never wanted to to turn out that way mm-hmm. for you know that's not really fun for the Wildcats it's not really it's definitely not fun for the Magic and it's not really <laughs> fun for you guys out there you know the listeners no, no, and the no. watchers you guys want to see some competitive games I you know if you're a Wildcats fan you were probably hooting and hollering but that's you know I I, can't, I guess I can't do anything other than just apologize for not putting out like a better product but like better, I said, more you, competitive. it wasn't like there wasn't the effort wasn't there i mean just like yeah. me last year i was 100 percent still trying mm-hmm. but i guess last year my constraint was um number one was the team chemistry which was in my control but also out of my control you know it is hard you really have to put forth effort and get that effort back from your guys of like building that team chemistry and this year you were you were gone so like you mm-hmm. couldn't be here to practice with the guys and stuff like that so I'll, I'll, it's tough i understand that um and last year while i was injured it was just like that was my thing holding me back as a player it was just you weren't getting the reps mm-hmm. so things like that that add up to a season um not panning out the way that you wanted it to so and it's tough like i think everyone everyone in the league whether you're a cats fan a cobras fan a mallards fan whatever i feel like everyone collectively kind of roots for the magic because they're like they're kind of like the preds were before the preds won a championship right the magic are exciting there's a lot of personalities like yourself and Curdy and, you know, Chadwick's a guy who loves to laugh and have fun. So, mm-hmm. um, like, it's an easy group to root for. So, I think the whole league, the whole MLW fan base, like, feels a bit down this weekend as the Magic missed the postseason for the first time. I know I was bummed out because, um, like, prior to that day, I was thinking in my head, like, what's Jack going to do this year to, to pull this <laughs> off somehow? Because it never looks good. It never yeah. does. But like I said, this year, the luck and the Magic, um, may I say, finally finally ran out. So um, looking at it, I don't want to like overanalyze this thing. Like we said, it got ugly. Mm-hmm. I will give props to the Wildcats specifically for their defense. 
Their defense um, was phenomenal. There, there was that one inning where they had the double play where I'm not even going to fault okay. you for stretching to the third. I'm not going to fault you for that, Jack. Yeah, that's, okay. that's good aggressive base running, but the odds of there being two perfect throws there is so low. And they executed it, and then the very next play, Sailor just snags one, throws to first, gets the out. And I was like, my gosh. I was blown away. So um, hitting-wise, that looked like the Wildcats were used to seeing. But defensively, they looked really, really good. It reminded me of flashes of last year's World Series where it was back and forth on both sides. Phenomenal defense. And um, pitching-wise, they threw strikes, and mm-hmm. the Magic just couldn't get it done. So, so this credit where credit's due. The Wildcats yeah. did play a good series, as well as the Magic not playing their best. So um, this this series ins- inspired me to um, think about maybe a possible segment that we could add to this show okay. um, that I would want to call just simply the truth. Okay? <laughs> the truth. Um, okay. This was some. This that. was a phrase that my coach in college used often, um, just to call it how it is, good or bad. You okay. know what I mean? I'm not gonna it's, get it, to. We're men amongst men. Mm-hmm. We gotta call it how it is. So, for the first segment of the truth, this is what I have written down in my notes after watching this video. Okay, I'm ready, Jack. I should not play in the field at all. <laughs> I'm so brutal. In the field. Like, I watched the video back, and I realized that I have, like, no baseball. I Like, I, have, I don't really know where to be, like, ever. And I have, like, no awareness uh-huh, in the field. Okay. And so, if you if you watch in the video, I think in the third game, I started in the field. Or maybe, I don't even remember. But it ends up, I didn't play in the field, basically, for, like, the second half of the series. Okay. Because I realized, yeah. like, I'm just... I'm not the guy right now. I, I don't know if it's like I need some coaching, mm-hmm. maybe some some TC3 mentoring about yeah. how to how to. Well, I don't know. Jeff, I got to figure you're, that you're out. You're talking to a guy last year who dropped two routine pop ups in the first series of the year, and I'm telling you, I don't want to interrupt your 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 truth spilling here. Yeah, but um, if you're not out there playing, we're getting old, man. The hand eye coordination is not as easy as when you're 12 years old. You gotta yeah. actually like, actively know how to catch a wiffle ball and know where to be. Yep. And like that was something I worked on last year. Like before a series now, like I always throw a ball around, have Caden toss one up in the air. As stupid as it sounds, like I need that. I need mm-hmm. that like confidence which is like, okay, I can catch a pop type thing. So continue. The but next I felt for you. The next building on that uh that fact about us getting older, the next part I had written down for the truth is that I need to stretch like <laughs> A lot before these games. Uh, you guys probably saw the clip of me stumbling for about 25 yards into legendary, home plate legendary and then the somersaulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I promise you guys I did play Division I sports. It, may not, it might not look like it, and I don't really know how I did after watching that clip, but I need to start stretching before games. Dude, and the, that's just, I have to. Dude, the bus was moving there. You were hauling. I mean, you were going all out for the magic. I was. I was and just I, going I too fast for my own although good. Although it would have been funny if no I'm one... I'm top heavy, you it know? It would have been funny if no one saw it, but I am glad that the GoPro, the GoPro it. Not, Right away, I'm it. like, I don't know if any camera caught that, but Jack <laughs> just totally took a spill. And yeah, you went <sighs> head over heels. It was kind of a smooth... I'll give it to you, though. It was pretty smooth. Like, you, you gracefully, like, somersaulted it and played it off well. And then... On top of that, making fun of yourself by somersaulting in front of home plate was funny. So yeah, I'll give I tried. I tried to. I tried to. Uh, I was once told by my athletic trainer, actually at school, that I'm one of the worst fallers on the team that because he bad. said there was ac- there's actually an athletic way there to fall is. down. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was slightly embarrassing what I did there, but 
I think I kind of recovered a no, little bit. No, I think bit. you fell well there. Yeah. It was a good fall. But regardless, I still need to stretch before games. So okay. I will now be doing that before you, every series. Was, were you hurt there? Or was it, were you okay? Or just the impact on the ground? Was there, okay? was a, there was a play actually before that <laughs> where I kind of felt a little, twi- little twinge in the hammy. I'm not going to lie. And hammies have been a problem for me in my career. So that oh was not God. good to, uh, to feel. And that was part of you know the reason... Why I wrote that down, you know, I, I need to stretch. It's just there's no way around it. Yeah, I can't old. do it anymore. We're getting we're, old. We're getting old. But that's my uh, first truth, the truth segment right there. Okay, so number one, Jack's bad at defense. Number two, he needs to stretch. Yeah, I said it last week, Jack, when I was talking about my mic'd up segment. Sometimes you gotta call a spade a spade. Yeah, you, you have do. to. You gotta call it how it is. So, I mean, literally, if I would have kept struggling on defense like I was last year early on, I would 100% would just sit myself out. I'm all yeah. about the team. But um, this year, I will say, I'm not saying I'm the best out there, but as of the Mallards, we've done a pretty good job on defense. We're not the best. The D-backs are phenomenal. The Cats are phenomenal. Eagles are pretty good. But I really think that just comes down to a lack of reps. Baseball knowledge helps, too. Mm-hmm. But it can also hurt you, in a sense, because wiffle ball, like your baseball instinct sometimes can lead you wrong. I mentioned mm-hmm. that last year, episodes ago, probably episode 50 or 60 of this podcast. Um, I talked about how like playing right field last year for the first time consistently in wiffle ball when the ball was hit on the ground, I was because of like where I was positioned on the field in reference to the hitter, like the angle I was at, so I feel so much skinnier. Mm-hmm. My first instinct was to always dart towards second base because I played second base in baseball a lot. So instead of covering first, which is like where I need to be, so like it can hurt you in a way too. But um, I think a lot of it too is just lack of reps and being comfortable with the ball on the ground, in the air, catching and throwing. Like it's just you got to do it a lot. At yeah. least I didn't used to because I actually played a lot anyway for fun, but. I think as a, as a, I'm saying the word kid, we're still young, of course. We're in our, we're in our 20s, our lower yep. 20s. But when you're like in the pre-pubescent years of your life, I feel like you're kind of, and when you're athletic, like we were, like everything kind of just comes natural to you, right? You mm-hmm. can always make it work. Whereas when you get a little older and you stop doing stuff on a regular basis, now you're not playing lacrosse anymore. Like yep. things get tricky. Yep. Things get tricky. I'm I've definitely you. made I've definitely made some plays in my wiffle ball career, like in the field for sure. But mm-hmm. that was when I was like around all the time, yeah. and like you know, me and Ward would like get together and like do mm-hmm. some practices and stuff like that. And yeah, just like showing up, getting off the plane, and like mm-hmm. trying to play in the field. Like, I know, now, like it didn't I, work. It didn't go I, well for me. I make like a routine play now, and I'm like, oh, nice. Like, yeah. I, before, like, wasn't even yeah. it wasn't even like a thought. It was just, like we would just do it, kind of like how it was in baseball. But now it's like, yeah, the pressure's on every single yep. play. Um. But I appreciate you sharing your truths, Jack, and mm-hmm. I, I will try to do so in, in my next series against the Magic, by the way, is our, is our last series. So we're playing in Slate 5. Um, not a whole lot on the line there for the Magic, but um, hopefully we're still in the conversation for the one seed if the Eagles can, um, if the Eagles don't take care of the D-backs, which they've been rolling, so they probably will. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we're still fighting for something. Um, but anyway, I didn't want to uh, to dwell on this loss for too long for the Magic, but I do want to talk about the future because, of course, last year, Jack, when I... Um, I think we fell to three and nine after our fourth series. You guys are now what two and ten, mm-hmm. I believe. So we were also eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. But in my scenario, I had Bonham, who at the time was pitching very, very well. Um, the bat there was some promise there, so I decided to make that move and to dump him for some draft picks. Um, so I was I was a seller like you kind of are right now. So, but if I'm going to speak truthfully, mm-hmm. like. What can the magic really sell at this point? When I think, like, there hasn't really been like a clear bright spot. I guess you could say Bonham again, maybe, but like, there hasn't been a clear 
bright spot all year long for the Magic to say like, okay, this guy has potential and he could add something to another another team in the playoff conversation and this guy could help them right now to win. Mm-hmm. Do you have that guy right now or do you think like, do you want to dish bottom or do you still like believe in the guys that you have? You don't have any draft picks to give up nor do you really want to give them up at this point if you, if you you even if you had them. So like, I don't know, what did the Magic do? I mean, you're the captain. Yeah. What are you thinking? I'm... I, I'm looking at the situation thinking, man, oh, man, I don't know. The Magic are in a tough spot right now. Well, at this point, um, statistically speaking, I believe Bonham is uh, is a much better pitcher than Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think and the stats will back that up. The stats will back that up. Although we although we didn't give him the run support this year, um, I still have a lot of faith in Trevor on the mound. Um, I know what I'm going to get from him. He's going to throw strikes. Mm-hmm. And as long as we can play some good defense around him and he can continue to strike people out, I have faith in Trevor on the mound. Okay. Um, however, we we got to do something at the plate. We got to do something at the plate. Um, mm-hmm. Two of our uh, two of our top three hitters in terms of at bats. Okay, so the guys who took the most at bats for us up until this point in the season, Trevor and Liam are. At this point in the season, hitting under 100. Mm-hmm. And that is just not a recipe for success. So something needs to happen at the plate. I, like I said, have faith in Trevor on the mound. And I wouldn't feel comfortable really shipping him out, especially with our trade and what I paid for him. Mm-hmm. I still would like to have him on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe his plate appearances will will change. Well, it's funny because, like I said, I think having better bats around Bonham could also make Bonham better, right? Because last year, he was like a big part of your postseason run. He was yeah, he raking. was. He mm-hmm. hit well off the Cobras in both of those series. So we've seen Trevor do it. And even on the Mallards, he went through phases where, like, he had a grand slam in our first series last year that, like, won us the game. It was sick. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot like, and I think of myself last year, I did not hit well last year at all, but having some pressure off my shoulders at the plate has helped me tremendously. So Trevor could fall in that category. So I don't know how much really like I can, can tell you guys can spill. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's what I will say is that if you just look at our team, really the only asset with what I have said now that would be shoppable would Mm -hmm. be Jason and um, his, his, Pitching numbers aren't fantastic, and neither are his hitting numbers. But in seasons past, we've seen what he can do and what he's capable of. He's a lefty at the plate, which mm-hmm. is you know uh, sometimes more of an asset depending on the team and what their lineup looks like. Um, and candidly, I've had interest from teams um, on Jason. For Jason? For Jason. Wow. Um, so, and uh, at this point... You know, it's I gotta kind of get draft picks back. Really, is what I'm trying is what I'm looking to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, when we had made the original trade f- with Trevor mm-hmm. and I had given away draft picks, I had looked at the previous draft classes, and in my mind, um, those draft classes were so talented, and those kids were all in uh, areas that were relatively close to Brighton like Mm -hmm. you know if you put it in perspective some guys are driving like two hours but that's still you know like Metro Detroit relatively close they're in the Metro Detroit area so in my mind through those you know first two or three drafts 
I was really thinking that the draft classes were actually going to kind of dry up a mm-hmm. little bit. That makes sense. And um, so that's why I was comfortable with with losing those picks. Mm-hmm. However, we are just expanding so fast that mm-hmm. kids are popping up all over mm-hmm. and are willing to come to the yeah. Meadows to play. From, from, yeah, it doesn't matter. People are coming from out of state now to yeah. come to these games. Mm-hmm. So the talent pool is is now my opinion has almost completely done a 180 where I think these draft classes are going to continue to at least stay at the same level. I mean, this last one had Jordan Robles from New mm-hmm. York mm-hmm. coming in as the first draft pick, or, you know, arguably the biggest name, mm-hmm. pr- the biggest name we've had yeah. in a draft class yet. So those type of, of caliber players are in, I, I would think going to continue to show up in our league. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my goal is to try to get some draft capital back for the next, okay. you know, f- couple seasons because I think we're in a similar spot that the Mallards were last year where we really have to kind of just start from the ground up and and rebuild a little bit. Okay. I mean, yeah, I was I was right there with you, Jack. I was looking at my team and I was like, "Well, I feel like I've I've done what I could with the draft classes and I made some picks and it just like I felt like I had some talent, but it just wasn't working out." And like you said, Bonham and Chadwick are both, you could make an argument, talented guys. Even mm-hmm. Liam has shown like that he can play at mm-hmm. times. So um, I'm I'm uh, intrigued to hear that you have interest for Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you guys, it wasn't from me. Nothing it against not, Jason. It was not from the Mallards. It was not from me. You can eliminate them. Um, but um, if you can somehow pull that off, Jack, it could greatly benefit you if you can even get one pick back. Mm-hmm. whether it's this year, next year, whatever. Because, well, this is also an interesting perspective on the situation, though, is where could Chadwick, like, add value? Because the reason, one of the reasons I think Bonham, um, it, the deal we did made so much sense is because, like, Bonham, Chadwick, Liam, Curdy are all, like, friends. Mm-hmm. And that can help. Like, the chemistry yeah. is huge. So removing Jason from that situation, um, like, other teams that are kind of in this playoff race right now, like, does that weigh on their heads? You know what I mean? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to strip this guy for away from his his friends. Is that going to affect him negatively as a player? Or maybe he's like, maybe, I don't know what's going on in Jason's head. This is just speculation. Yeah. Maybe Jason's thinking like, I feel like I'm a good player, but I'm like, it's not working out right now. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I need to change the scenery type thing. So um, I'm uh, curious to see what happens now. Hearing that there's interest for Jason, I, I'm curious as to who it's from and what they're willing to give up considering Jason's hitting 205 right now. He's hit well in the past for power, but not so much this year. On the mound, he's been serviceable. He's okay. I should I shouldn't say that. This year he's been serviceable. In the past, he's been like he was your ace at one point. Yes. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, could get a little crazy. I don't know. You could see maybe a two way deal, a three way deal. I don't know how many teams want to make moves here at kind of the deadline. Which if you guys kind of haven't figured it out now, like we require players to play in at least one series for that specific team they want to play for in the playoffs. Correct. So like a move would have to happen within the next two to three weeks or so in order to get that done before the fifth slate of game starts. So um, if you pull that off, Jack, um, it could be what the Magic need to kind of just get things back on, not back on track all the way, but like mm-hmm. to keep the ship moving. You know what I mean? You don't want to yeah. end the season on such a low note. And even like that series against the Mallards, um, like we did last year, we played against the D-backs, my team. We were 3-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. We had, there was we could sweep the series it wouldn't have mattered we were out of the postseason conversation just like you guys are right now and I do think that winning 
just that one win we had in that series was nice to think like, ah, like, okay, we, we won a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it mean anything, <laughs> but we won a game. It was, was it Michael Shima pitching? Sure it was. Were the D-backs yeah. really trying? Not really, but <laughs> it was nice to win one. You know yeah. what I meant? It just felt 100%. good. So um, I think that could also benefit the Magic squad um, as they as they move into their last series against the Mallards. I will say, um, I don't know, like, I want to. I, I do appreciate the the pipe it up listeners. So I think they deserve some some more inside scoop. You okay. know what I mean, and some buzz, right? Okay, yeah. Because they you guys you guys have been riding with us lately. Numbies are good. <laughs> like we, you guys deserve <laughs> it. All right. Um, so if this is too much, maybe we'll cut that. Cut that. But oh, um, Jason actually. Like I said, there has been interest for Jason, mm-hmm. um, but Jack is spilling the but tea. Really, right now. But really, but really, spilling the truth. Now he's spilling the tea. I'm okay with I'm okay with you guys hearing this, um, and I think Jason would be too because I don't really think he has anything to hide. Mm-hmm. But candidly, uh, Jason had really come to me first and Whoa. said that um, he, you know, wanted to seek out other opportunities really okay um and to be honest i couldn't really blame him he was our first um you know big draft pick he he Mm -hmm. carried our team uh for the most part you know through his first two seasons with us very true and um we just i mean he was still he didn't have his best year this year but he was still our best hitter yep and he didn't have his best year pitching on the mound but like you said he was serviceable Mm -hmm. um and if someone, you know, he, he I, th- I think in my mind, he deserves that opportunity to go somewhere else. And if he, and if that's what he wants, I don't want to keep him stuck on a team that he doesn't necessarily want to play for. Right. I want mm-hmm. guys on my squad that Wonder. are excited to be yeah. playing for the magic. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like a negative thing at all. Like I definitely understood where he was coming from. Um, but that is where we're at right now. Uh, Jason had requested basically a trade and um, there is interest from other teams. And so at this point now there are negotiations happening. Wow. This is so that's quickly. That's those, those are the beans. <laughs> those are the beans. That's just got spilled for you listeners. All right. Well, this has got a little interesting thing. has got interesting and uh, MLW always is exciting down the stretch, right? You never really know what to expect. And I think the bottom deal was pretty sweet last year, actually. Um, I'm sure you loved, you know, going on that little run you guys did in the playoffs, and I think Bonham enjoyed the change of scenery. So, um, if Jason wants out, um, and if teams are willing, I think this could this could happen. So, but I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for things for things to unfold and to see if like if Jason can go somewhere and prove me wrong and like like start hitting again, it'd be sick. Mm-hmm. A lot like Bonham did. He proved me wrong when he left. Like that was my goal when he did leave. I was like, okay, I think he can actually like get it going because I want the best for my guys too, right? You don't want a guy to be unhappy. Yeah. So when I saw Bottom like going off for you guys, I was super excited for him. So I hope yeah. I hope that if Jason does go, that he can do a similar thing for a different squad. So yeah. time will tell. Time will tell. I've loved I've loved playing with Jason. Like I said, he's been huge for our team. Really been the the state. You know, I I technically am the manager, but he's done so much for the team. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, at great the end of the day, too. yeah, great guy, great guy. So at the end of the day, I mean, if that's if that's what he you know is looking to do, I, I can't really deny him that. So I'm going to at least explore options for him. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Jack has requested one final comment on the series. What do you got, Jack? All, all I wanted to say is um, that day we actually did have a lot of fans uh, and support show up there for the Magic. So I wanted to give a shout out to Evan because I told you I'd shout you out. Um, my cousin Gabe for showing up. Shout and we also Gabe. had some people that were actually uh, international. They had came from, um, what country was it? It was a country in Africa, I forget. But they happened to be there there for a series. I forget. I'm sorry I'm forgetting your name, but thank you for showing up and supporting. I think that's actually a good segue into our next topic, Jack. Um, talking about the last two weekends of tournaments that we've had. Um, we did the Wiffle and the Mitten a couple weeks ago. Um, that was in our hometown of Brighton, Michigan. Which we touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend we were in Peoria, Illinois. And just looking back on the weekends, yes, they're hectic. They're a little bit stressful. Um, but it's just um, for those listening that I met and support the show, as well as those who weren't there but still support MLW in any way, shape, or form, we're just really, uh, on behalf of everybody, I wanted to express my gratitude for um, coming out and supporting, having fun. And just believing in MLW. I mean, it's been wild. We were talking on the way home. This is what's so great about it is because I rode to Illinois with Sawyer, being mm-hmm. who's you know only 17, first year in the league, rookie, and like those are the people that like will give me the fresh perspective that I need to hear. Because as terrible as it sounds, like signing autographs for fans is like pretty normal now. Even for you, probably Jack. Like, we've been doing that mm-hmm. for several years now. And I, it's funny enough, I actually got a snap memory um, in my Snapchat of. A video of me like zooming in this is five years ago it was five years ago today probably three or four days ago of me like zooming in on a kid's hat that i had signed in twinsburg ohio at the twinsburg wiffle ball world series and i think that was like the first autograph i had signed like that on like a person's like clothing that was five years ago and now like since then it's been probably over a thousand like yeah. i've been a lot so like hearing sir talk about like how cool it was to, like sign autographs and to take pictures and to, he's like they're like dude that's sawyer like that's him and he's like it was so weird for me so that's like it's good for me to hear that kind of stuff to, because it is wild like to think about that we play wiffle ball and crazy. put it online and kids are so invested into it and like there was so many excited fans and first timers this weekend that like we're getting pictures and autographs and buying shirts and towels that we were signing for them and just meeting their parents talking about how much they love watching the videos with their kids um it's pretty cool yeah, so it's I'm awesome. Feel, I'm feeling grateful for the MLW community and how much support they show. I remember, like, I, I remember the first tournament I went to was in um, near Cedar Point in what Sandusky it is yes, down there. Sports yeah, Sports Parks. Sports Wars Parks. Um, and I remember we were signing autographs. I wasn't even really expecting to be mm-hmm. signing autographs, and and we were signing them. And I remember sending my parents a picture of me signing a kid's bat, like as a mm-hmm. joke. And I just put the caption as "paying the bills." But like, <laughs> obviously, I was not paying any bills going to that tournament. It was a joke. Yeah. But um, I do remember that, and it was like that was the first time that I mm-hmm. got to experience that sort of fandom, mm-hmm. and it was it was really cool. And I and I I do have to get back out to another tournament because mm-hmm. it's been a minute since I've been to one. Just just with the way that school and my timeline has worked out, yeah. but. I really wish I had, like, a vivid, like, memory of, like, the first time someone asked me, like, hey, can you sign this for me? Because I really don't. But I think that day, that snap memory I had was the first day where I had signed at least definitely multiple items. Like, Mm -hmm. that day I signed, like, three or four kids different, like, t-shirts or jerseys or hats and whatnot. I think it was at that Twinsburg tournament. Um, And I wish I do remember the first kid who came up to me. But 
um, just doing that five years ago and then doing it now where we sign hundreds and um, like having to tell people to the, to the point where like I have to tell people like one sec I got to go back and run to do this and I'll come back and get you. Like there was a kid yesterday who I felt bad because I put him on a, <laughs> I, I made him wait like five minutes because I was like, let me go run to the table and come back and I'll get you. So I like ran over to the tent at Illinois tournament and checked some things for another family who asked a question, ran back, saw him waiting there, but then I had to hit in the game we were playing in. So I had to take my <laughs> at bat and I'm like, I was looking for him and he had Adidas t-shirt on. I'm like, you right here. I pointed him out. I was like, come over here. And I signed it for him. But um, it's just weird. And when you do it a lot, like over the course of years, yes, it does. It like feels less special, but hearing Sawyer talk about it, and um, Reese Harris, who plays for the Gators, who didn't play a whole lot this year yet, but he was also at the tournament, and like I could tell, he was super like excited and stoked to be signing autographs. So that's what like makes it cool, and that makes you actually think about it again. Like, wow, this is wild that like we actually get to do this. Oh yeah, it's so, crazy. And like, we got to count our blessings every now and again. Oh, absolutely. And there was kids. I don't know all the states off the top of my head, but there was eleven different states represented in this tournament too. <sighs> There was a team, a phenomenal team. Oh, that's a good draw for for it's Illinois. Incredible. I feel like it's Illinois is like a good spot. The Midwest, yeah, it captures a lot of different mm-hmm. audiences. Um, there was a team from Philadelphia that I umpired for called the Colonials. They were money. This kid, they didn't win. The Flamingo, shout out to the Flamingos. The team called the VWL Flamingos won the thirteen to fifteen age division, both in Michigan. They're from Wisconsin, by the way. Okay, they drove to Michigan, won it. Drove to Illinois and won it again. That's so difficult because wow. A lot like MLW, like one home run, one pitch can change your whole season. Like a tournament, one mistake, like one error, one home right. run you don't hit, like you're done. It's mm-hmm. single elimination on Sunday. So the fact that they won it twice is incredible to me. Shout out to those kids. Um, I remember talking about the Flamingos. I feel like they, they had, had cool. They had some cool jerseys black, too, right? Black threads with pink stitching. Yeah, they were nice jerseys. All in all, just a great showing by them. But the kids from um, Philadelphia that I umpired were phenomenal. Um, I umped a six inning game between the Flamingos and a team called the Tropics that was 0-0 in like 40 minutes, played six innings, and then some kid finally hit a, uh, I think it was a double in the top half of the inning, top half of the inning to score the run. So a lot of talent out there, especially in that 13 to 15 age division. And um, like you said, Jack, as MLW expands and like we've been pulling from more states, yes, it causes mm-hmm. a lot of issues, but like these are perfect kids, like talent wise and personality wise. So like I would love to figure out how to make it happen in the future. Yeah. But we gotta just keep growing. Well, we've set up subscribe. A, yeah, well, we've set up before subscribe. But we set up before. Um, people ask us all the time, like, what's the best way to mm-hmm. get into the league? Mm-hmm. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like showing up to tournaments and just us seeing you play, getting mm-hmm. your name, like knowing your personality, like that's the best way to do it. It definitely and is because otherwise, it's. I mean, highlight tapes are great. Mm-hmm. But you can only tell so much from a highlight tape. Like you got to kind of see someone play in person before you can really like vouch for them. I mean, yeah, we've had some people that join remotely, um, and overall we've been pretty lucky with that. Overall, when I say remotely, I mean like we never met them before and they get drafted in because of a highlight tape or whatever. Yeah, um, and that can for sure be hit or miss. But yeah, getting to actually not only watch them play, Jack, but just meeting the people and seeing what kind of person they are, because a super super important part of the MLW brand and our kind of community of players is the relationships right and the friendships so if there's somebody who i don't think is you know at heart a a good person or they wouldn't mesh well due to a variety of reasons like you know we don't want to put a blemish on how beautifully that works everyone in our league is you know good-hearted people and yeah people that will cooperate and that will are dedicated and want the best for the brand all that kind of stuff is important if you're some guy who only cares about himself and i can see that like then no you're not going to be a good fit but so on top of watching you play, yeah, just meeting someone and seeing what they're kind of about and getting their vibe is like super important, I think, too. 
Yeah, I can't wait. When's our when's our next tournament scheduled? So we don't have we have some stuff in the works, but we up to now nothing more is announced. We okay. have some stuff in the works. So all right, cool. Of course, we'll stay you, tuned. You, folks. you guys already follow us on Instagram and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I'm sure. So stay tuned, and maybe we can get Jack out there. We'll try. I'll vouch for you, Jack. I'll, Heck yeah. I'll try to make it happen. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm a hard worker. I know. I know. I'm a hard, hard worker. worker. We love that. We love that. <laughs> um, but overall, great weekend. I will say this weekend, um, weather looked phenomenal. And when I was looking, I always check every day, like a week leading up to it to see the weather, weather, weather. It looked good, looked good, like mid-80s, hot. Saturday was hot. I got a little red, got a little sun. I got a Naturally. wristband tan line, a sock tan line, all that good stuff. Perfect. Um, Sunday morning, I didn't even check the weather. Kyle's like, let's try to get things moving and get ahead of schedule because there's some possible rain coming. So I checked the forecast. It's like a 50% chance, like 2.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I'm like, well, that's not ideal, but hopefully it misses us type thing. Then the clouds start rolling in, and I can kind of see it in the distance. Doesn't look good. It looks real dark. Isn't that the worst? It when is you just, the absolute you know, worst. You, you just know you can't do anything can't do about anything. it. It's so out of your control. So then the Louisville Slugger Sports Complex, um, kind of the the coordinator of the whole facility, he rolls up on his golf cart and he's like, "I'm looking at the radar." He's like, "I know it looks bad, but he's like, it says it's gonna all miss us north. Like we should be okay. It might sprinkle on the edge of it, but we should be fine." I'm like, "Awesome. Sounds good. Perfect." Not but five minutes later, he rolls back around. And he's like, yeah, we're about to get hit. <laughs> and then sure enough, we're out there playing like two semifinals games, a championship game. And when I say it went from zero to 110 seconds, I mean it. It was like, oh, it's starting to rain to then just huge droplets, monsoon. And we're like, <sighs> like what? Do we, we didn't have time to even like think. Like it was like grab everything and get inside. So luckily this facility is just so cooperative. Um, we piled everyone inside. I stay out there in the monsoon and I'm picking up our signage, like in our pop-up tents, our banners, our flags. I'm just soaked. Like I've never been this wet in my entire life. (laughs) I'm not kidding. My shirt soaked, hat soaked, shoes, socks soaked. Like I'm saying I'm in a monsoon for 15 to 25 minutes. Like I am drenched. Like I walk into the place and I'm just like, (laughs) and the kids open the door for me and I'm like, they're like, what happened? I'm like, someone had to clean up. (laughs) Like I got drenched. So anyway, and thank you to the people that helped me do it because it was not just me who got soaked. Um, but anyway, their complex also has you know a, bl- a blow up bubble dome, and we set up four makeshift fields in there. Not even makeshift; they look great because it's like a baseball complex. That place is bread and butter is baseball, softball. So we had these nice fences. We measured it out. Probably had like an hour and a half delay till we started playing again to two hours. So um, we got it going, got the games in, finished the tournament. Um, for those that had a long drive home, I'm sure it was a long night. For me, it was a long night. Um, it was about six hours for us on paper. So you include the stops. It's like, you know, about seven hours or so, but pretty much Jack, uh, we, right when we left the facility, I changed my clothes into dry clothes. I was feeling much better. I, w- I had the shivers the last two hours. I was shivering in there cause I was soaked and like, it wasn't cold in there, but like when your body's like freezing and your mm-hmm. feet are sitting in wet, soggy shoes, like you're, you're chilly. So I was shivering. And then changed my clothes. We gassed up and grabbed McDonald's. And because you're also losing an hour, you're going from Central Time to Eastern Time. And like people in my car, Sawyer and Caden, both had school in the morning. Caden's a teacher, Sawyer's a student. So I gassed up. We hit the freeway and we just went. And we just drove and drove and drove and drove. And at one point, I was doing fine. I had plenty of energy, but there was a point in time where um, we were about an hour away from the first parking ride where Sawyer's car was um, near Kalamazoo, Michigan. And Caden was sleeping, Sawyer was sleeping, it was just me, and I was like, dang, like, <laughs> I still have three hours to go at this point, and like, I was tired, so I soldiered on, 
got to the park and ride, and then so that was our first stop, about four hours in, and then we went over to a gas station next to the park and ride. I grabbed myself a tall Arnold Palmer, um, and that gave me the, the enough sugar to make it the final two hours, rush. the next hour and a half to Ann Arbor to get to Caden's car, and then a half hour up to Brighton to get back to my to my parents' crib. But what's your strategy? Like like that's late. You know, you're driving late at night. And you're probably tired, but you got mm-hmm. guys sleeping in the car. So what are you doing? Like, if it were me, I'd probably turn the music up like super loud. But and they're sleeping. Like, but you can't. But that's what I'm saying. So what were you doing? Like, so yeah, I had I put on. I could tell like the boys were getting less talkative and like getting tired. I'm like, like feel free, go to bed. Like I don't care. Like it's I'm driving. So they they I put on a little bit more of a mellow playlist. Um, mellowed it out. They they cashed out as I expected. So it was, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was hard, but. Um, yeah, just kind of just humming to yourself. Just yeah, just man up yeah. and do it. I mean, yeah. I was just like driving to Omaha a couple years ago. That was twelve hours in one day. Um, but it was not easy. Then when we got to Sawyer's car, Caden then woke up and I, like he had to drive home to Ohio. Then so it was like forty minutes from Ann Arbor. So like he didn't want to fall back asleep. I don't think because he didn't want to be like half right. asleep at the wheel. So he was awake for the next hour and a half back to Ann Arbor, which was beneficial for me. Also, the Arnold Palmer was was good too. Good, but pretty much no. St- I made it in one tank of gas. That's awesome. Six hours. I know. Shout out to the GMC Terrain Elite Vehicle. Um, Sponsor. <laughs> yeah, please knock, some, an ad. please knock some dollars off of my car payment. <laughs> I would love that. Um, but anyway, uh, made it in one tank, got home about 2 o'clock, and cashed out. But overall, we would say another very successful tournament. Yeah, man. We can't complain. I mean, the rain, like I said, was it a hiccup? Yeah, but I was complaining about being sunburnt. Be careful yep. what you wish for. We there ended you up go. inside. So... Thank you so much to Peoria and that facility, Louisville Slugger Sports Complex, for being so cooperative and just didn't even skip a beat, just helping us get it set up inside that facility. Um, those employees, I'm sure, were thrilled to have to stick around an extra two hours, but they did it and with a smile on their face. So that facility is just incredible. Jack, are you familiar with a series on Netflix called the Arcadia series? No. Okay. So I got some information for you, Jack. This is coming from Pipe It Up listener Noah, by the way. Arcadia. It is really the center of the universe, well, for trolls, extraterrestrials, and wizards, that is. Tune in to Merlin's Amulet, a rewatch podcast on the Tales of Arcadia series on Netflix, where the host, Noah, will cover all three shows, being Troll Hunters, Three Below, and Wizards, and the final movie, Rise of the Titans. Watch and listen along to each episode as Noah dives into themes, character arcs, and of course, the humor of each episode. The trailer is out now, and the first episode airs on September 5th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And it's on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And join Noah on his underworld journey of Merlin's Amulet. This intrigued me a little bit, okay? Okay. It was a nice write-up, and he gave me some details. And I, so I tuned in, and he said, like, the intro is available now. It was, like, cool. He, like, it was very interesting and unique because the podcast, uh, he had, like, background music going. It was, like, a two-minute intro. And I was, like, I commented. I, like texted him back and i'm like yo that was pretty cool how he had music in the background i never heard that on a podcast before and he said he made the music himself like he wow. did all that himself and like it was really well spoken he's like yeah i talk good because i did theater in high school like it was really well done so nice. it's a brand new podcast but if you're into any of these shows at all or if you're looking for a new podcast a new topic i would i check it out because it was well done it's definitely well done a okay. much better speaker than i, I <laughs> much better speaker than me who mumbles and voice cracks and doesn't speak english half the time so shout out to noah and check out his Merlin's Amulet podcast. Thanks, Noah. So next on the MLW Horizon, Jack, is Eagles versus D-backs. Mm. The D-backs sitting at two and seven, the same record as your Magic, going up against the eight and one 
Eastern Eagles, who seem to be virtually unbeatable at this point in time. Um, does Jimmy have any shot? Of course he does. I mean, it's Jimmy Norp. Um, I think that it'll be interesting to see how the Diamondbacks react with their backs really being against the really wall against here. The wall, they're yeah. really against the wall. But they're a good team. They're definitely, you know, a more solid team than the Magic are with our backs against, that were, you know, with our backs against the wall. So it's interesting to see um, what they're going to do. I think that Jimmy's definitely going to have to have, you know, an AA minus day pitching on the mound for mm-hmm. them to win, um, and and they're going to have to have a team effort at the plate in order to to break through Dallas and and Dan. Yeah. Um, I would say that just based on the play leading up into this series, um, although their record doesn't look fantastic, I think the Diamondbacks win at least one game um, and possibly two. But um, it's tough to say. I think my if I had to you know make a prediction, I'd probably go two one Eagles. Okay, um, and that would. Real, would that keep the Diamondbacks alive? They got to win one game. They're right? still alive. They don't even need to because the Gators got swept. Okay. So like the Gators are three and nine now. Yep. D-backs are two and seven. Okay. So like so, they're, so they got to they, win. They, they can't okay. be totally out of it, but any wins here would help them because they have the Cobras right. in their next slate and the Gators have the Wildcats. So okay, it's it's a, it's going to be toe to toe to the end for these two teams, Gators and D-backs, for that last spot in the NL. Well, like I said before on the pod, I like the Diamondbacks over the Gators. Um, to to edge out in that third spot of the NL. Um, so that I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go two one Eagles. Okay. Close series. So then they'd both be three and nine going into the last one. They'd, they'd both be, be three and nine. Yeah. Okay. And they, but the Gators have the tiebreaker over the D-backs too. You can't forget that. Okay. They beat them head to head two out of three times. So okay. Any wins the D-backs can get here would be massive for them, but they're not gonna come easy. Um, if you recall at the All Star break, Jack, I was saying how my World Series prediction was still D backs Wildcats somehow, some way, <laughs> and the Wildcats managed to get the sweep against the the uh, the Magic, but the D backs are not facing the Magic. This is nothing against the Magic, mm-hmm. but they're facing the Eagles, the best team in the league as of right now. Um, they're eight and one. They've been pretty much unhittable. Dallas and Daniel are the best two pitchers in the league. And while I still think like Jimmy's such a competitor, and like yeah, like they're gonna get back to the World Series somehow, it's like. It's now or never. It's put yeah. up or shut up with the D-backs. And the Eagles team that I just played was so good. <laughs> it's like, how the heck are the D-backs going to get it done? Um, but I just know Jimmy's going to compete. You know what I mean? I just know he will. So I'm also going to go 2-1 Eagles. That's my prediction. But if they pitch like they did against us, I mean, good luck, D-backs. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we swept the D-backs. The Eagles swept us. So what does that tell you? If you think the, about the transitive yeah. property, the transitive eh, property. I don't know if the transitive property always plays in MLW, but, but if we're speaking yes. in geometry terms, in geometry terms, yes, then the, the transitive property, then the D-backs would be screwed. <laughs> but um, I think that um, this what I, I if I were trying to put myself in the mind of Jimmy, mm-hmm. I would say, you know what better opportunity could we have as the Diamondbacks? Right, we get to. Um, we get to play the number one team in the NL here to mm-hmm. kind of slingshot us in to try to lock up that third spot in the NL. Mm-hmm. So I really do think the Diamondbacks are going to come out swinging. Um, I don't know, you know, if the if game if they're going to take game one, I would guess that they 
would probably, you know, have a better shot at beating Dan when Dan's on the mound. That's the, the mound. one they got to get is game two. They got to get anything. game two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they can, if they can get game two, that you know they'll be in a decent spot to to continue making a run there for that last yeah, spot. Dallas hasn't given up a run yet, so yeah, maybe the Diamondbacks can break that streak. But good luck. Um, the Diamondbacks lineup. Jimmy's always been a good hitter, of course, and we've seen shades of Heath and Shima being good too. Against us specifically, Heath and Shima were phenomenal right out of the gate, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to get we're about to get waxed here. And then <laughs> those bats cooled off throughout the series, so they need to they need to stay consistent if they want a shot because the Eagles have been the most consistent team of the year so far. So I wish both squads good luck. The Eagles could lock up the one seed here with a couple wins. Um, we're sitting at eight and four. They're sitting at eight and one. So and they swept us. So they just need ooh, if they get to eleven wins. They have it locked for sure. So a sweep okay. here would a sweep here would lock it up for them. But mm-hmm. any wins would help. But a yep. sweep, if the Eagles sweep the D-backs, they will clinch themselves. The one seed will be the two seed. So we'll see. But the NL is going to be a battle. It's going to be a bloodbath like it has been in the past. Um, two years ago, I missed it by one single game where it was eight and seven, eight and seven, eight and seven, seven and eight. Not quite so tight this year, but. Um, this is when things start to get hairy in the MLW season, right? When it's Jimmy Nor back against the wall. Yes, <laughs> against sir. Dirty Dan and Dallas, the best duo in the league. So best of luck to both teams. Should be a thriller. And uh, Can't wait. But thanks again for tuning in, and thanks again to Noah. And make sure you guys check out Merlin's Amulet, the podcast, available in most streaming platforms. And uh, see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.